Hello, this is Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Amazon's uh, New World. Uh, but before we do that, Buddy, watch the folks at home as we do on this podcast. Well, on this podcast, we finally go back to talking about games after talking about movies for the last 80 gazillion years. Um, so the new Amazon MMO has come out. It is called New World. And it was highly, you know, like it was super anticipated. People played a beta. People played another beta. It was coming out on August 31st. Then it got pushed back to now. Oh, no, 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 buddy. Well, well oh, you're the, right. It was supposed to come out in the beginning of the year, right? It was supposed to come out the year before that in May. It's been pushed back like three or four times. Oh, wow. I knew that. I remember it got pushed back from February to August and then from August to September. I didn't realize that it was supposed to come out in 2020. Yeah, uh, let me let me see if I can if I can find this real quick. Um, so it, a quick Google says that it's supposed to come out in 2019. Um, <laughs> uh, do do let me let me see. Wow. Uh, wow, I'm really honestly flabbergasted by it. Wow, 2019 that, and it is coming out. That that is that is what that is. Uh, so May 2020 is the one I remember. So that is not okay. I think I think it was okay. supposed. I think it was like originally announced as like 2019 as that ephemeral original release date, right? Like okay. kind of like coming 2019. And the first nailed down release date was um, was uh, May 2020, then August 2020, then spring 2021, then August 2021, and finally it released like you know <sighs> a couple weeks ago. What? What? I what what cha what changed? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, sure. You, are you are you aware you you're aware of what happened with Crucible, right? No, no. There's so much backstory to this. Tell so me all of that. So give me so, the lore. So, um, apparently there were three games. One of them got canceled right away, which is called like Breakaway or something. Crucible was like a like a CS:GO type shooter that got released, like released, released, and then pulled into beta, and then pulled off. And then canceled, which was, yeah. And then, like, this is, like, while, while New World is chugging away in the background. Um, but New World is finally released. Oh, my God. Okay, I actually do remember this. Now that, I, now that I'm looking at it and I'm seeing it, I do remember this drama from last year. Because, yeah, because I remember they announced that the development would end. It was, it was this time last year. It was October yeah. 9th, 2020. They announced that it would be discontinued. It was a big thing on Twitter that day. And I learned all of this lore for one day on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and a year later. And so I think with a long backdrop of that, like, New World just kept getting pushed back. It's like, well, this is the one that's still around. So, you know, maybe we should make sure it's good. Um, wow. I, I played in... I want to say last spring's beta, and I was not impressed. Um, I, if you remember, I discussed this briefly on the podcast that I was like, "Okay, out." Um, and I was initially not going to jump in on it, and then friends of the cast, Monica and X, jumped into it and said it was good. Um, and it's interesting because it has some of this. So some of the things I pointed out pointed out were like that it had these like weird like quality of life problems. Um, sure. It still has those problems. Or it still has the mechanics that cause them to be problems. It just doesn't have the problems. I think it's very interesting, actually, because um, it's done a thing that I, the thing that I have been saying would be interesting to do, um, and they finally did it, which is essentially the servers are really small. Just kind of you know. But before we yeah. jump, before we jump into it, um, we're playing on separate servers because of some of these issues. 
Um, yeah, so one of the first things I heard about the game was that it was very sensitive to input lag. Yeah, it's um, actually, that there's it's, a lot of yeah, it's, it's a very split second action kind of game, right? Um, so the recommendation was made not to play on a US East server and to play on a US West server. So I went and I found my friend, you know, friend of the cast, Phelanor, who's been on the cast before, uh, is playing. I asked him what server he was on. He's like, this one on US West. I was like, perfect. I joined up. I have not talked to him since. I. We're not even in the same faction, but I just, you know, generally speaking, wanted to see what it, you know, if there were hardcore social systems or something that I was going to have to like engage in or whatever. So I am on Saskatoon or something, some weird, some weird server, you know, name. Saskatoon's like a Canadian city. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I I knew it was Aurora. Yeah, I'm I'm on Upana, um, but um, EU Pana, um, but uh. But yeah, so the servers are small. Um, well, well but what... before, before we dive into it, okay. General impressions, like up, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs my up. my core thought playing this game was that line from Knives Out, where Daniel Craig's character, the inspector, goes, "It doesn't make any damn sense." Compels me though. <laughs> <laughs> this game like... <laughs> I played it, and I was like. Wow, this kind of sucks. This is not great. I'm not having a good time. But also, I kept playing. And I also was like... I was in this weird liminal space of just like... I recognized in a true sense that I was not having fun. But I also recognized that like... Number go up and... In, like, the, you know, no thoughts, head empty, just kind of something to sit there and walk up to a tree, and you press E, and you just turn to the other screen for 20 seconds, and then you turn back or whatever. It was, like, the perfect thing. It's, you know, what are the, I, and so, and so that's my, that's my core takeaway. I kind of don't think the game is good. I think the game is bad, but in the weirdest way, in the way that I have loved games like WoW and Diablo and Hearthstone over the course of, you know, whatever, just like as a as a digital fidget cube, it is incredible and has really, you know, I am compelled even now. I want to like go log on and play and start grinding fucking trees. It, I don't even know what the trees are for. <laughs> I just have like a gazillion aged logs or whatever in my, you know, whatever, my, my storage that I don't even have access to because I moved zones. And so I don't even, I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing with, with my life playing this game? But yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my review of, yeah. uh, of New World so far. Yeah. So I, so I, funnily enough, you're talking about like, um, uh, you know, being compelled to, like, I am signed up for a war at 930, which is like <gasps> very fun, Whoa. very, very funny to me. It's like, you know, I have to, it's, it's like, it's like when you used to have like for, um, for EVE Online, if you were going to have a big space battle, they asked that you, like, fill out a form. That way they could, like, dedicate servers to it. Um, sure. Um, but I think, this, so, like, there's, like, the wars all happen at specific times, which is, you know, very, very funny diegetically. It's, right? it's like, everybody sign up and line up at 9.30 to go to war, right? 9.30 yeah. is war time, boys. <laughs> um, um, but, um, and I might not make it. I'm, I'm kind of on the back list, but I'll probably get pulled in because we don't have enough people. Um, but I'm low level. Oh, right? interesting. Yeah. Oh, I actually don't know how that, I, I don't know how that works. I also, I didn't sign up for a war, but there was a war happening at nine 
your time. So right at the end of this cast, I was like, should I log on and try and get in this war? But the thing is, is that I just I kind of don't think I'm interested in the PvP. This does not seem like a fun PvP game to me. This seems like a PvP game that would really fucking frustrate me, to be honest. It might, um, but I also don't know why you would play the game if you weren't into the P like like that yeah, is like Well that seems to be the case. I was like, somebody somebody was like, Oh, there's dungeons. I was like, Really? Dungeons? Like what? And there was like, Yeah, there's three of them. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, um, one of my other top level thoughts of this game was it's like the worst parts of WoW without the best parts of WoW, right? Like, you know, somebody once talked about how, um, I, on Reddit, there was a player who was complaining that he couldn't get 233 gear except by going raiding or doing Mythic Plus or whatever. And the truth was you could. You can get it in Corthia, but you have to, like, grind an obscene amount of these, you know, stupid things or whatever. And the top comment on that thread was somebody going, why the fuck do you need 233 gear to do, sh sh like, Corthia dailies? You know, like, what possibly – how is that – possibly requiring that much gear and obviously that person's sort of missing the point right? right but like when it comes to world of warcraft right most of the sort of open world stuff that's not that's never going to be where the challenge is right the challenge is going to be in dungeons it's going to be in raiding right like that is kind of the game at its height that is the game at its best right and um, and as much as I think that open world stuff sort of matters and is good, like I really like doing open world stuff in WoW, and I continue to do it even though I cognitively understand that like those maw assaults are not a difficult challenge for me anymore. I still go do them every week. They're just they're just a fun time or whatever, right? They feature these characters, these Shadowlands characters that I enjoy a lot. You know, they're just interesting quests that are a little bit more complicated than your normal dailies or whatever. And I'm just sort of like happy to do that. There is not a single quest I have played in New World that is more complicated than go to place kill a guy. Like every single one, it's go to place kill a single guy, which which is maybe the hardest quest I've ever had to do. There's go to place in open chests. Go to place and kill lots of little guys that are just all around all of the time. And, um, nope, it might just be those nope. three. Uh, Is there another one? Th so there's a couple. There, there's a couple. There's go to place, open spot on the ground that isn't technically a chest. And there's go to place, <laughs> kill an animal and skin it. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's also go to place, kill an animal and skin it. I've done that. I have never go done go to place and open a spot on the ground or whatever. So it's like... You know, and people, you know, I understand people get frustrated by some of these, like, more advanced WoW quests or whatever. But there's just, like, nothing besides go to place kill a guy, apparently, in the quest design. Oh, there's also, actually, there's also, I'm not including these. There's also grind a boatload of resource, right? Yeah. Grind 400 wood is also a quest that you could do if you want. And I'm just like, how, how did somebody think this was, like, a good idea? You know, like, for the entire quest structure to be the most boring, least compelling quests kind of available, right? Um, and I think the answer is that the actual moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is more complicated and more fun than WoW, right? Um, it is probably more fun for me to go to place and kill a guy in terms of using my spear attack and blocking incoming attacks than it is to go to place and hit one, two, four, two, one, or whatever my yeah. rotation is in WoW, right? Um, and so that's kind of my 
that's kind of my bedrock thought. But the worst part is that I have also been playing another game, which is which has combat remarkably similar. That is all about melee stuff, about light attacks, heavy attacks, blocking abilities, or whatever. In Vermintide, and I think Vermintide is far far superior just mechanically um, in terms of how the 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 builds that you know like how you can build your character how your character interacts with the world around you um and the way that the enemies are designed and actually inserting some kind of like real scalable challenge um into those i don't know into those experiences so no i i, I, I man it. i'm like really i'm really mean to new world this so is a game i played over the i played 12 hours in like three days or something you know like Similarly. you would think i would be nicer no and, and I'm, I'm much more positive on the game but that's partially because like you know I will group up with friend of the cast, Monic, right? Like, um, and we won't be near each other, but he'll be like, oh man, I'm like, there was this moment over the weekend where he was like, I'm in a fight and I see he's like 200 meters away. I'm just like, like sprint my way over there up on a hill and I like aim my musket and I shoot the guy, right? And then all of a sudden it's a two on one. Then one of his friends comes in and it's like, it's a two on two and we man and we barely managed to scrape by the, by the skin of our teeth and we won. Um, and that's like so much fun. Um, but like, if you don't want to do that, like, I, like, you know, um, there's a, like the crafting system is like soup is intricate. It's not like it's not complex in execution like say 14's crafting system is. Yeah. Um, but it is intricate in kind of the way the recipes go and I think it's got maybe a little bit too much of a of a floor, right? And also like a little bit too arcane like I'm still I met the it has this the, the same problem that like WoW has where like your middling gear and like your like your low level gear, no one actually wants because it's all like you know below what you can get off of drops. Um, apparently, the high end crafted gear is like um, equivalent to end game gear, otherwise, right? Um, like wow. it's equivalent, equivalent to dungeon gear, so it's not like you you fall off that cliff. Um, but I think the game also wants to be Minecraft, but like without like the like structure building part. Like you can buy a house and furnish it, but like you don't get like the you know like the, the kind of like build anything anywhere stuff. Oh. Yeah, there's a piece of that, I feel for sure. I recommended the game to Rachel specifically on the grounds of it's kind of like Valheim a little bit. Yeah, um, a little You know, bit. going out and grinding trees and then, you know, but putting that into the, whatever your intricate crafting structure is reminded me a lot of kind of like the magic of what made Valheim incredibly compelling, right? And, you know, and I don't have a ton of hours. How many, how many hours did I put into Valheim? Um, like, I don't have a ton of hours in Valheim. Uh, why do I, why does it not show me? Oh, I have, I have 120 hours in Valheim, right? Not which is, uh, which is a lot, but it is not a lot for me, right? Like right, if that right, doesn't right. crap my top 10, probably doesn't even crack my top 20 in terms of like games played overall. Um, but I think that one thing that New World is really missing is kind of like the magic. I, I kind of feel like New World was built to capture the feeling of classic WoW, right? Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't have any that. of the charm of the WoW unit, like the classic WoW universe. Like the thing that the thing that really sells me on the classic WoW experience, right? Um, even if like it's ultimately an experience that I put down and kind of put away, right? Was the you know it was the questing, it was the world, it was walking into Stormwind or Orgrimmar for the first time and being kind of blown away by this stuff. It was doing. You know, th these aren't incredibly compl complicated stories, right? But doing the story of the Defias Brotherhood again on Classic WoW was actually really engaging because it wasn't something I had touched a in a long time. And I kind of forgot that that story has, like, 
I mean, they're very basic by modern standards, but like they're legitimate plot twists and reveals, right? You know, people think of Edwin Van Cleef because he's the dungeon boss, obviously. But Van Cleef himself was actually not really the leader of, he was kind of more of a figurehead. And there's a bunch of questing content after the dead mines where you go and then you go to the stockades and you kill, you know, this other you know, like the other guy, and then you find out that there's a noble and you assassinate the noble in like the in the in Stormwind Keep or whatever. And like that's a storyline that's like really engaging, right? That you can kind of bootstrap into. And there's and there's tons of these, right? All over the the classic WoW experience. From, you know, Mancrick's wife to, you know, uh the like Lock Modan you know, uh, dark iron, like killing these dark iron dwarves and dealing with like the dark iron dwarves in, in Loch Modan and Searing Gorge and whatever else. Right. Um, and I just don't have any of that in new world. I, all, none of, there are no characters to latch onto. There's no interesting I mean, there's in, one, like there's who? one character who has a story. Like, have you been playing the main quest? Yes. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's the guy who stands at the fisherman's bed and slowly regains his memories. Like, I will agree with you that there's not a lot there. But. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I have done the first quest of that guy, so I have not done a lot of that Okay, guy. Like, he is the main quest, and, like, he also, like, unlocks more mechanics, too. Like, what level are you at this point? 18. Okay, I'm, I'm like, level 20. And at level 25 is when you can start, like, really interacting with the with the big corruption spikes. Um, and you have oh, to do the quest okay. to get there. You have to do like a okay. quest to get a, to get a to interesting. Get... Okay, yeah. So the reason that this is, and I and I think this is actually a, like a like a design thing that maybe I hit in a weird way, is I went and I did the main quest in my one zone, and it took me to that guy, right? But that guy was in another zone. He was in a second zone, and as soon as I entered that zone, I went to the settlement, and then I picked up a bunch of quests in that settlement, and then I did those quests. So I only did one quest to go talk to that guy, and then. And then he sent me on something that was really nearby, so I went and I just did that real quick. And you find out that he, um, you like go talk, you go read a painting or something. In a, yeah, yeah, you go, you go read a bunch of stuff. That is, that is another quest type that we we missed, which is almost exclusive to him. Which is like walk up to a thing and read a bit of lore, or don't read it, and then uh, and, yeah. But then, I, but then I went and I did a bunch of questing in the new zone mm. that was the exact same as the questing in the old zone. It was the cor the corruption is bad. We're, we're fighting against the corruption. Help us fight against the corruption. And so I guess I kind of did the intro quests in two different zones back to back, which is maybe my fault for whatever. Yeah, no, I I, th I think I think there's a weak point. I think they, they try and put a couple of those out. That way you can, like, like so, um, like, I'm playing in the Syndicate faction, and uh, they did not control First Light. Um, the I think the, the whatever the Crusader faction is controlled uh, First Light. Um, okay, so this is another interesting thing. I did not start in First Light. I think you can start all over the map. I started in Monarch Bluffs, but Rachel started in another zone entirely. And I went to a third zone, and I saw that there were level two mobs. And I was like, what the fuck are level two mobs doing here? And I realized, I was like, oh my god, you can start anywhere. Yeah, like, you can, all you can of these run zones. there if you want. Right, which is what I was yeah. going to say. And I did not. Oh, I was okay. just like, screw it. Um, because like, there's some like m like minor like you're improving the status of this territory that you don't control and that's bad like i knew what faction i was joining right because uh monica next had already picked it picked out the the faction um do you have to be in the same faction to be in like the same guild or whatever yes like it is okay. like your faction is like everything essentially like like your faction is your super guild it's where you do all like the the what i think is the interesting stuff um but like to, just to wind it back a little bit like 
the reason we're playing on separate servers, I think, is important. Like, you need the lag. And I think, like I was saying, something that I think that um, is very interesting doing is they're very small servers. And so they want the servers to be relatively tight-knit communities. And they mm-hmm. want, like, they want, like, everybody on the East Coast to be on the same, like, be in a, in a, in a, in a every, they want everybody on the East Coast servers to be on oh, the East Coast. Oh, to be in the same time zone. Yeah, yeah that so, would make so sense. The, t- the timing makes sense. Um, and, and that that kind of thing. And I, I think, I think, I think they don't want us playing on the same server because of that stuff, right? And they also want to be able to play run a game with like high action combat. And with that, you can't have bad lag, which um, yeah, kind of sucks. But like from like a ten thousand foot view, it makes sense, right? Like if you've got two thousand people on a server, which is like the number I heard, I don't know if that's true or not. But if it's two thousand people on a server, you don't need like you know we we don't need, we we don't need to be building a group together, right? Like like the ideally that that connection should be coming organically out of the community. Um, yeah, and you also don't have any needs for the, like, you know, so, for instance, in WoW, you can get away with kind of, ba- like, people in Brazil will play on U.S. servers, famously, right? Um, and their input lag will be, you know, 250 MS, but because of the global cooldown, that kind of doesn't matter all that much, yeah. right? Like, outside of maybe, like, snap mechanics or, like, interrupts or whatever, most of the time, you know, you're just hitting one button every one in a half seconds, you know, one second sometimes, like, obviously, yeah. depending on haste or whatever else. So, like, there's a lot of leeway there, and that's good if you're creating a raid group, for instance, right? You need to be recruiting 20 people to fill out a mythic raid. Um, but if you are, you know, if you are uh, doing these smaller scale, there's no raiding, obviously, um, in New World. There's the there's the wars, and there's the outpost thing, right? Like, that's like a battleground. Yeah, there's there's, there's like various forms of are. PvP, but like it's, yeah. it's, it's action combat, so you need you need like tightness of of, of interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Boy, um, but I so like I think I think the game has made like a bunch like so this is to wind it all the way back to the things I thought were a problem in the beta. It has a lot okay. of these like quality of life problems, right? Where it's like you know you can fight over like you know nodes are unique to are, are not unique right like so you mm-hmm. know or rather like there's one node and you you fight over them essentially um not directly because if you've got pvp turned off but like or if there's somebody's impact but only one person can mine a node and like if i kill a wolf and somebody runs up to it they can skin it before i can get to it right that type of thing and that was a big problem in the beta because you had like you know gobs of people in the same place because they were spawning everybody in new light right um and that problem, that like theoretical problem, is still there, but it's not a real problem because there's not enough people like gobbed in a place for it to be a real to be, to be like a real issue, right? Like, um, yeah, I, think, I also I think, think you and I got like like because it was two weeks after, right? Like yeah. you and I have sort of dodged that problem comparatively speaking compared to you know somebody who's playing day one. I'm sure that there were. I mean, I heard there were a bunch of servers who day one, but I'm sure that there was like more of a gate in the in the say. This always happens with WoW stuff too, right? Like. Um, the there was that one bug with the with the eyeglass. Only one person could use an eyeglass at a time on the server, and it was like a hard stopping point for you know like all of this kind of progression. So yeah, yeah. I feel like that's just kind of launch. That's just kind of like launch stuff. Um, though I have been frustrated a couple of times to be like running through a place and you see a little tick. You know, I'm not a place with mining that I can see iron on the map yeah, and yeah. I still need iron for crafting. So it's like, ooh, and you run over to the iron thing and somebody's already getting the node and you're just like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, I'm, but I think I think that's part of the desired experience. I think like having a little bit of that is part of the desired experience. Um, having a lot of that maybe isn't, right? Like, you know, if you know if there's a, you know, a swarm of people like jumping on all the nodes, it's probably a problem. Um, 
but um this is another thing that's interesting is i think all the resources are useful all the way through right like um and like on top of this something that i was told about by by uh, monic is that um like the higher level zones don't have flint on the ground so there's always like a market for people to like drag flint from the newbie zones to the uh, interesting yeah they've made a bunch of really interesting design decisions i i think it's going to be a long tail before i figure out if i think that all of them are good or not but like Stuff mm-hmm. like that, I think, is is at the very least interesting ways to solve like kind of these classic, um, classic uh, MMO problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and it like it all stems, I think, from from that very kind of like there's only there's only so many people on the server, and so like you know, um, it's it's uh, it, it only get you know, um, you're, you're only gonna you only have like a set amount of stuff to work with, I guess. And there's also like severe character limits, right? Like I think you can get like two per per like server group like i think you i think you can only get like two on us east um at all right like so which wow. is you know it's too, but like it's also got that 14 thing where everybody can be good at everything if you put enough effort i think mm-hmm. um that's a really interesting thing right like i feel like alts are a very important part of like um you know the way the way we think about mmos we used to think about mmos right but as kind of 14 has taken you know, has has risen in popularity. Um, I feel like we're going to see more and more games that are like this one, where everybody can do everything. I see that a lot in WoW. I would hate if that came to WoW, right? Uh, but I see it a lot where people say, like, oh, I wish I could, you know, be a mage and also a warrior or whatever on my on my main. And I understand that impulse, but I just don't. I just don't think that's yeah. So I don't think a it WoW works. Thing. I don't think it works for WoW in particular because it's too easy to like get to end state. Like like WoW is about like grinding at and like you know the game starts at at, at mm. sixty, which is true again weirdly. Um, it seems that like that's not the case for New World. And on top of that, like this is like as slow if not slower than like WoW level like classic WoW level progression in terms of like getting there. And that's like true for like everything, right? So like you could do everything. But I don't think there's going to be anybody who has everything maxed for a while. Um, yep. It takes an insane amount of grinding, it feels like. I mean, even just when I pick up a new weapon, right? Like, um, I, something that I did very quickly was I was like, okay, well, when I pick up a new weapon that's better, I'm going to try and use that weapon as much as I possibly can. Because I would rather, you know, get to a point where... You know, one of the one of the big pain points of Classic WoW, for instance, is... Um, Weapon skills. Weapon skill. Yeah. And you have to sit there with your two-handed axe and just like, you know, whiff, whiff, miss, miss kind of thing. And I was like, God, it's going to be the same fucking thing when it comes to, you know, like when it comes to New World or whatever. So I think I have basically every weapon. I'm missing a couple. Um, basically every weapon have all three of their abilities unlocked, right? Which is level four, I think. Um, you know, you choose a spec, for lack of a better term. And then you have... Um, and then you have those three abilities, and you can get the the first three points you spend are those three abilities, and that's that's good. So I so I am I'm at least at that point, and I feel pretty comfortable using everything. But also like they all scale off of different skill, they all scale yeah. off of different abilities, different and stats, like yeah. I yeah, so like I went very hard for strength because at first I was using a great axe and a warhammer, uh, but like now I'm using like a spear or something like that, and it's like you know at what point am I gonna find a fire you know, a fire staff and then be like, oh shit, should I respect the, I don't know, intelligence or whatever and become a, become a caster? See, I, I have, I have gone hard on, um, I'm, I'm doing Warhammer Musket and I knew I was going to do that for a while. I'm just like, I only do those, right? Cause like, I want to like push those skills up the tree. Um, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what what level like mastery or whatever are you on this? I thing? am I think like five or six. Part of it is that like PvP like like PvP boosts your mastery a lot. Like if you get a kill. Okay. Um, PvP, this is an interesting thing too. Is PvP has like decent like it gives you a big boost to mastery. If you kill if you kill someone, you get like they'll drop like it's not one of their items, but they drop an item, right? So you you can like do stuff with it. It's not totally useless. Um, kind of like in WoW, right? Like WoW is just kind of like a thing that annoys people. Whereas, like in in uh, in um, in New World, in New World, like, there's a real incentive for it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's also a little bit more painful. Like, I don't know if you how many times you've died, but like, there's like three tiers of like uh, of um, uh, of like spawning and like campfires. You can place wherever you want, but they've got they're like kind of like your your corpse in WoW, where it's like when you like you you've got a delay on when you, if you die too many times. Um, and there's like you can you have to place it yourself, so you know who knows where it is. Um, I think I think this might be a long term problem because like I was fighting someone, um, and then their buddy came in and they killed me, but I almost had them killed. But my spawn point was really close, so I spawned and immediately pulled out my musket and killed them. Um, which, wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is super amusing. But like I don't know if that's like a good design decision, right? Because they very clearly didn't have a, a, a like a spawn point nearby. Um, although it does yeah. like 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 by that guy. That like the like the, that big quest giver. There's always people PvPing, which is fun, and somebody always has a campfire up. So like, if you want to just like do PV open world PvP and like go for it, you can like do it there. It's not a it's not a problem. Yeah, that was something that was interesting about Sea of Thieves too, right? Like I remember that was, and I actually kind of like that because you respawn on your ship, but your ship can be destroyed, right? right? So the objective in some of those PvP fights that we had in Sea of Thieves wasn't kill guys; it was sink the ship. Right. Because once the ship is sunk they respawn at the port like you know like they're out out of the boonies kind of thing right um which i always really like that interaction and uh and it's not really something i guess i could i don't know i could destroy their camp that just seems you can't right even, like, like that would be ridiculous yeah you just you just um yeah i i feel like there are this is one of those pieces where the pve aspect of the game and the pvp aspect of the game are in conflict i think like the thing that the camp is for that i was using at one point is i got a quest to go to a place i was like level 16 had like level 24 mobs and if i played impeccably i could kill those level 24 mobs right but it took everything I had, right? And I was dying a lot. And the camp is there so that when you die, you can respawn and kind of come back into it, and come back into it, and come back into it kind of thing, right? Like, um, you know, the, it was actually, you know what it was? It was the first quest for the guy. Uh, and you, and there's, a, there's like a silver mob, which I guess is some form of elite. Um, and the silver mob was also near three other mobs, and they were all in their levels 20, and I was level 16. Um... And so I, you know, like that was a place where I was like, oh, I need to put a campfire here because I'm probably going to die a bunch of times. Um, and I think that's what the campfire is like designed for. But it also has this implication for, you know, like the PvP state of the game. Yeah. That is. So I, I think I think that's like not so bad, though, because like it's mostly luck at that point, right? Because most of your PvP happens kind of in places in between, I think. Yeah. Um, and if, it ha if it's happening at a destination, they want you to be able to spawn back and like do the quests if you want to. Right. So, mm -hmm. um so that's just like, and you know, it takes too long to put up a campfire to like reactively, like, you know, you can't like, you know, like the Fortnite joke, right? Turn into a house. You can't build a campfire reactively if someone's bearing down mm -hmm. on you, which is like not practical. Yeah. At best you could like prepare a campfire, I guess. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, like, like the reason that that worked out for me is because I put it outside of, out of another quest for the same guy. There's like a bridge where you have to like kill a bunch of stuff as so I put it down because if I died, I didn't want to go back like 500 feet or whatever. Um, I just I happened to be lucky. Right. Um. 
So, you know, there's that. Um, it's interesting, too, because, like, this game was originally supposed to be, like, all crafting open-world PvP. It was supposed to be, like, pure sandbox. And, like, this PvE stuff was kind of tacked on at the end. And I think it kind of feels like it, right? There's, like, a dozen different types of enemies, if that many. And they all just kind of, like, get leveled up over time. And, like... You know, yeah, and you understand their attack patterns and everything, right? Like, you, yeah. you know... How many times have I fought one of those skeleton guys and he has this heavy attack that he goes, swing, 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 swing. You know, like that, you know, I've seen that attack pattern a gazillion times, right? Um, and uh, and on one hand, I think that's kind of important, right? That's like a foundational piece of any MMO puzzle is you learn the patterns of, you know, um, of these enemies and you get good at fighting them. Um, but I also just don't think that it, re it reflects any real mastery of things i mean part of part of it that i find frustrating is that uh i can't animation cancel into a block which i find i think that's like a design thing i would want to change where you know th this is something that this is something that vermintide does that i like is when you block it takes precedence over everything else right so if you're in the middle of a swing but you see an incoming attack you can react to you can react to it immediately by blocking right but the thing is, is that in Vermintide, blocking is also much weaker, right? So you have to be much more choice about your blocks than in New World, where I kind of feels like my stamina bar is pretty infinite, unless I'm going up against, like, really, really hardcore shit. And, like, the ability to dodge out of the way and stuff like that is so high that um, that I just, I have a lot of tools to avoid damage. So that feels like, that feels like the trade-off that they opted into, right? You can block basically anything, your stamina recharges quite a lot and it's pretty easy to dodge everything too um but if you commit to attack you know you are you are committed to it and you're going to take a bunch of damage though also at the same time i also at a, at a certain point i realized that blocking was basically worthless and i don't do it anymore i in any of the pve scenarios i basically just run up and spam my moves and i have enough you know because you get all these cooking mats or whatever i just eat a pie every four or five mobs and that's enough yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't think do it it's quite, bad. I don't do it quite that often, but I, I get what you're saying. I also like I, I hammer has a bunch of CC on it, so I don't just like don't take that much damage. That's um, true. I there was a while where I was using a different weapon, and then I swapped to the spear, which is really gross because the spear has like a has a stun um, that made it much better for and then i was like never taking damage at all it felt like when i was using the spear especially if you go melee ranged right so you open every fight with like big powerful ranged attacks right like right now i'm using the bow and that has a you know like a three hit combo where it's like by the time anything reaches me it's already at half health and then i just unload my three abilities in a row and the thing is dead even if it's like five levels ahead of me it's probably dead right yeah, no, I, I I get that. No, I, it's it's interesting because like the the enemies with like the stun bar are the only things that like give me any trouble at all in in, in that way, right? Because like um or like the stamina bar because like they can like block like they can block attacks and keep me from stunning them, <laughs> and that that's about it. Um, I'm curious, what armor load are you going at? Like, are you doing the? Uh, I'm not worrying about it. I'm at heavy, but okay, I mostly you... just equip the best har the best armor at any individual time. Can you dodge in, at heavy? I'm, I haven't I haven't gotten to heavy at any point. I've been kind of you you your dodge is worse. It's like a little sidestep, but it's always been good enough for me. Okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm keeping myself at medium specifically because like I think the roll at light it takes up like fifty percent of your stamina, and I don't like it as much as like it's like a quarter for like the 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 um, medium load short hop. Um, I know I just like that a lot better. Um, but yeah, no, I've been. 
it's it's been a lot of kind of like you know you were describing at the beginning like you know like you you know oddly compelling or whatever and like it's kind of like that like uh pure grind pure grind set type stuff that i think has been at least if it's not like super compelling like or like it has been compelling enough right like in the, in the way that you were describing it kind of like you know go do something um i think the fishing is actually pretty good but it's like super slow um uh which is you know always was my kind of like thing that i care about is, is, is how is how good the fishing is um are you, are you deep in any of the trade skills or you've just been logging i have been i think i am deep in some of the trade skills by happenstance just because i ground i just was grinding a lot um like i at a certain point i just put on like i watched a bunch of movies <laughs> like i watched the perfect storm and then it chapter one and it chapter two like back to back to back and i was basically just grinding stuff i was i walked outside of town and i hit e on every tree i could and every rock i could for six hours straight <laughs> Which is honestly kind of embarrassing to admit. So, and then I brought them in, and then I turned it into, like, planks and stone blocks. So I think I'm at, like, 38 woodworking and, like, 20-something stoneworking. But I have made nothing besides planks and stone blocks. <laughs> Which is like, I feel like I'm in a South Park episode or something. Fuck. Um. <sighs> oh my god. Okay. Um. So this is actually interesting. We were talking a little bit about the before the podcast on that because, like, my 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 mining's pretty decent because you need iron for everything. Um. And my and my my logging's less so, but my harvesting is pretty big. But you don't like grind harvesting like there or at least i haven't been it you, you mentioned their farms and i've seen a couple of farms but like to me it's much more about like finding like the kind of like rare dubers out in the woods and being like oh i can't yep. gather that yet but like you know i've been gathering a bunch of hemp and herbs and they're like harder to find right like they're not quite as like, yeah you know, that was exactly my problem right what i what i found was in the first zone i went to which was monarch bluffs um I kept running into those big special nodes and it was like, gotta be 30 to harvest, gotta be, you know, whatever. I was like, how the fuck do I hit this? You know, like I haven't seen anything that's like harvestable. Um, and then I went to a new zone and in the new zone, the first quest took me to an area that's a farm that's overrun with corrupted bad guys. And so um, you can just kill those guys and you harvest like potatoes and carrots and shit. Um and that was when I was like, oh, my God, I'm now, like, farming or whatever, harvesting 28 or something. Like, I got a gazillion levels just by grinding for an hour inside of that little, that little quest area. Um, and, uh, and so I – and it seems like logging and mining, I was able to just raw I think they also progress slower. I think, I think this is intentional. I think the point is that, like, mining and logging are, like – you can just go and like hit buttons and get levels, right? Like this is for like the people who just like you know people call it like sublimation. It's like the pure grind, like you know this is how I'm going to get my numbers up. Is I'm. Just I mean that was exactly that was exactly the state right, I was in. Right, right. I, you That's know, what you right. Described, right. Where it's like harvesting is I think a little bit more like oh there's a shiny thing I'll go I'll go pick it up right like type. Of, yeah. You know. Well, one of the interesting things is that the nodes unlock over time, right? So for yeah. instance, the nodes are. 
they, they pop up on your map and then it behaves like a wow node where right. you see it on the map and you go, oh, I want to go get it, right? Um, and that triggered for me, it, it doesn't trigger, it triggers for mining and it eventually triggered for harvesting, yeah. but that was at the end of my night kind of thing. But for mining that triggered, that was a big deal because I needed iron, you know, like yeah. you get a bunch of iron ore for free just by doing like the base crafting stuff. Um, but I wasn't able to like grind out any weapons besides that. And then eventually um, I could see grinding, um, or I'm sorry, I could see iron nodes all, all around the map. And I was like, oh shit. I all of a sudden I am now g grinding all the time and I'm I am running node to node to node to node because honestly I guess I just missed a lot of iron ore because it doesn't stand out visually. Um, I, part part and, of it too uh, is that like resources are very locational, location based, right? Like there is like like you said like the farm has like the potatoes in it or whatever, right? Like you have to go to a zone that has a farm in it, right? Iron is near mountains. Oh, interesting. Right? Like, I don't think there's a yeah. lot of hemp in New Light, but there's a lot of hemp in, like, by by the Quest Giver. Um, and so you have to go, like, seek these things out, which I think is I think is an interesting design choice as well, right? Like, um, I also think that's an interesting design choice. Actually, now that you mention it. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because uh, the questing where I was getting all this iron was in a quarry. There's, like, a big yeah. quarry thing. Um, I didn't really think about it in those terms. I just, cause I happened to unlock the, you can track nodes now at that time. But yeah, I think that, I think that that's, that's definitely, that's definitely true. Part of it is also just that like, you know, I actually think the most effective way to, to grind levels is to just do faction repeatable quests. Is, did you find this to be the case? Um, I just haven't done a ton of them cause I was, I'm more focused on trying to get like the main quest line done to get like the, my, my staff of Vazazoth or whatever it is. Oh, so you can start doing the thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Um, I saw that you need the staff of Azoth in order to do those corruption thingies, um, but and but now it makes sense that it comes from that fisherman guy. Uh, but anyway, so something that I was doing was I was trying a bunch of different stuff. So I was doing these mainline stories in the individual zones themselves, which are carbon copies of one another as far as I can see. Then I was doing these repeatable town missions for like town project completion, which was basically boring and also pretty uninteresting and then the best and then i did a bunch of quests for the faction itself which were also boring and uninteresting themselves but i think they were the most efficient of those yeah. quests that i was doing it seems like the town progress ones you want to do for standing it felt like i got a gazillion standing in the territory for doing the town project quests um and uh but i was mostly getting like i was getting like hard experience every time i went back to my faction guy and i turned in a couple of you know the i turned in a couple of quests there the, the, that's also the pvp quests are like super lucrative they're like twice as much value um but like obviously if you die you're, you're fucked right like you know if you yeah. get murdered on the way but um i don't know i think I, it's it's super it's super it's also super interesting to, to see that like not a ton of people have their our pvp flagged on um most of them are not which um Oh, I guess it makes sense. Also makes sense because, like, I've been sticking to my faction's territories for the most part. I wonder if, like, there's more people, like, out on the frontier that are flagged. I don't really even understand. I did my full – the full first zone was not my faction's territory. But my second zone is. But I don't even really – what is the difference between my zone and uh, if somebody else owns the zone? Uh, there's, like, some minor cost adjustments, right? Like, like each faction – like, whoever, whichever company owns the town sets the taxation rate. Um, and, um, if you're teleporting between zones that your faction owns, you get discounts. 
um, because like that like that a turnum resource is is how you is how you uh, fast travel. Fast travel, sure. Yeah, um, I use for a lot of things actually, um, but also like in like kind of a more generic sense, like helping the faction war effort in general is helped by those kinds of things, right? Like having like having like a better forge is theoretically better for you because like the taxation money goes to the, the faction in some way, or at least to the guild. I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand all the intricacies of the mechanics. Yeah. So the, the territory itself is owned by not just my faction, but also a guild of that faction. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're called companies, but yes. Okay. Yeah. I have not joined a company Neither or whatever. I. Yeah. We, um, basically we have been deciding about whether or not we want to join one or try and start our own, but it's a matter of yeah. I feel like my rest. I feel like I should honestly just do I should just join one and like see see what that life is like. That's probably um, right call. Yeah. Or or how or if that you know makes any kind of difference. I guess. Um, the I, and then I also know that the faction has like a vendor where you can get like weapons or whatever. Like I'm pretty sure I'm going. I'm saving my tokens, you know, so that when I hit, I'm pre I'm pretty close to the next rank. And when I hit the next rank, I'll be able to buy better gear or whatever, which I think is how you can do targeted upgrades, right? So if you're going, like, I'm just doing the thing where as soon as I get a weapon that's a, a better thing, I equip it just because whatever. Um, but if I do want to kind of focus in on, you know, Warhammer and Bow and Arrow or whatever the two things I end up focusing on, um, I'll probably just be picking up the requisite Bow and Arrow and Warhammer from you know, the, the faction guy with those faction tokens. It's either that or, or you craft your own. Um, this, like or, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, the way you, like, specify upgrades is, like, you have to, like, mine out and happen to pull or, like, you know, defeat something and happen to pull, like, a, a modifier token that you can put on. It's kind of like... It's kind of like I actually kind of like that system, to be yeah. honest, yeah. It's kind of it's like the marks in, um, in WoW. Um, and then mm. you can you can use a turn to, like, give it, like, a potential on a random upgrade, which is super cool. Like, like... I think the system is really interesting and cool. Um, I think, unfortunately, it's, like, easy to outpace it, at least initially. Like, right now, like, I'm... Yesterday, I went and I, um, like, had enough math that I just, like, made 50 pairs of linen gloves. Because, like, that was, like, the most efficient way to get, like, my, my, my levels up. Um, oh, my God. Do you get linen from hemp? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Hemp. I need to farm hemp. Yeah. I, I was like... I thought linen... I was like... I was. I, I got, got it as drop, a drop. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, some, and I was like, oh, my God. This is, drops. like... This is like cloth in WoW, but I don't think I've ever harvested a hemp bush. Yeah, so, you, so hemp gives you fiber, and then you use the loom to turn fiber into into. Okay, yeah, that stuff. makes so much sense. I don't think I've seen a loom yet, actually. They must be in the town somewhere. Yeah, but you can see them if you, you zoom know. in. You can you can see them. Um, it's like, okay. um, but it is, but like it is. It's like the other kind of like like um basic refining ones, like the lumber table or like the stone block thing. It's like you just like it's basically just used to turn stuff into others you know like turn turn base resource into like refined resource um i'm not actually sure if there are other like i think a lot of those like you like they like you you use them with like a refining agent to get the next level up so it's not like you're ever kind of like getting new materials like you are with like, some of the other stuff um, yeah my problem with this is that i did the, exactly what you described i outpaced immediately um where i made one weapon that was i level 200 and i was like oh this is good and then i went and i did more questing and then i came back and i was now sitting at 260 something and it's like well why would i make a 200 warhammer you know when i could have a and i think the real answer to that is maybe a well-statted weapon is better um you know like 
I think there's a part of me that's probably sitting in the destiny kind of like wow mindset of like an eye level upgrade is an eye level upgrade, but really you want a good stat array, which is sort of like the Diablo, yeah. you know, line of thinking, right? Where it really matters what you roll. This is also true of Warhammer, right? Where, you know, you, it really matters what you roll and you're willing to sacrifice, you know, points of power in order to get a good, you know, roll or whatever. Um, but uh, I don't know. My hope is that over the next couple of days, uh, I will be able to just hard grind iron um, and and zoom out of this sort of mid-level you know, like this mid-level stage. Cause I don't know. I've always, I, I enjoy doing crafting stuff. Like obviously in wow, right. I have all my, my legendaries maxed and all, and, and that's a fun and engaging interaction. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's basically where I'm at too, right? Like I'm, I'm looking forward to this war after we, after we finish this, at, it's, it's at nine thirty Eastern time. So I'll have a little bit of, of time, but I, I like, I want to see what that's like. Um, and just see if like see see how like compelling any of that is. Can you see yourself doing any PV, PvP stuff rather at all, or do you think? That's yeah, I, I'm going to try a war out. Um, I don't know. The PvP is always an interesting an interesting pro. I actually quite enjoy WoW PvP when I when I do it, but like it is with an understanding of kind of like fucking around, right? Um, Versus something like League or Hearthstone, which are like the PvP experiences where I get really into it, right? Yeah. You know, I care a lot about Hearthstone. I cared a lot about League when I was playing those games. Um, and WoW PvP has never gripped me that way. Um, really, any PvP in kind of an MMO that I've played, which are which are an insane number, right? Has have never gripped me that way. So, but you know, I'm willing to I I'm willing to be surprised, right? Like my plan is to definitely participate in a war and see if that's fun and interesting because it sounds like the kind of thing that I would be very down for, right? Um, something that I've that I've found frustrating, I guess, about WoW PvP sometimes is, um, you know, the sort of strategic depth kind of falls by the wayside to just killing people. Right, and the thing—the thing that was enticing about League is that you can out rotate somebody. Right, you know, sure, you can one v one somebody in lane. I'm gonna go eat this Lux alive on Yasuo. I'm gonna get four right. kills, and then I'm gonna do whatever. Right, but if the enemy team is as has a better strategic mind and moves around the map more tactically or whatever, like they can still win. Right. Um, and my hope is that it will be something similar because I understand that war. You know, you have these these capture points you know around the map or whatever that sounds cool that sounds interesting and it reminds me a lot of some of the olden days of like wow of like classic wow pvp that i did use to participate in right like you know one, one of the things that's interesting about the settlement thing is that like that's something that we did in classic we once took over darnassus it was like us and two other guilds and we literally had shifts where we were running through darnassus because we were on horde side obviously we were running through darnassus we were killing all of the all of the guards, because we were all level 60 or whatever. Um, and we just ran through and we just killed everything constantly. We were just constantly, and you, you know, you were doing that for hours on end, basically, to own, quote-unquote, own the city. You couldn't even, we couldn't even kill the Lobies, right? Lobies come in from Darnassus and just walk right by you, because, and those, in even on a PvP server in the, the capital cities, um, they can turn PvP off and not get killed by us. Um, so this is sort of a gamified version of that. That was obviously emergent gameplay on our part. We just sort of abused the systems at hand. Um, but, uh, now I actually could legitimately like go take over 
a town. Yeah, I mean, and part but. of it too is that like level disparities aren't nearly as important, um, or at least it seems that way, right? Like, like I can go like toe to toe. Like, I'll probably like I'm you know at a disadvantage with somebody like ten levels up for me, but it's not impossible, right? Like, it, like yep. well, it's like three levels and you're fucked, right? Like, um, it, and you can like affect the outcome in meaningful ways, right? Where it's like you know. Um, even if somebody else is a higher level, but like if it's two versus one, right? You can you can sort of win that, um, or you know you have a good like weapon combo that is that is strong into their into their weapons, which I like a lot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any more complex thoughts about New Worlds? Do you have any interest in doing like end game content that's not PvP? Like, what about like the dungeons or whatever? I, I theoretically have an interest, but like I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know like if if the dungeons just like you know killing a bunch of mobs in a row. Like, I don't know if that's interesting. I don't know what it looks like. I I'll, I do it once and like evaluate after that, but like yeah, I, I have I have a sense that the way that the action combat has made the leveling more fun right um it has made dungeons much worse i don't think i will have fun walking into a dungeon and you like performing a rotation with these three abilities i guess you could say five abilities because you have light attack and heavy attack right i mean um, you also have like weapon swaps so you've got like two two sets right like yeah but it's just like that that does not appeal to me at all i'm just like boy that seems like so if they make the enemies interesting, which I haven't seen any interesting enemies so far, you could at least get like some like like destiny, right? Like there's mechanics to it, even though like yeah, you know you've got that's like true. a smaller set of mechan- you know, of, of uh, abilities. Um, but um, I think I think I think it could be compelling, but I haven't seen anything they they've done anything to, to do that. But I haven't played the dungeon, so I don't know. Um, but that's like you know. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, my feeling my feeling is generally that I feel like if you want to do dungeons and raids, right, you probably need to be a tab targeting MMO. Because um, my understanding is that, like, you know, obviously 14 and WoW are the two big tab target MMOs, right? But my understanding is that other games that aren't tab targeting, so like Guild Wars 2, for instance, um, is less is much less about those sorts of activities, just because it's much harder to make to make those things feel good without, you know. Um, I know that like the ability um, to sort of lock on and do it do what was what was the, the, just the 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 bundling of mechanics that comes with a tab targeting MMO I feel like I see what you're work. saying but I don't I don't see why you couldn't do some of that stuff with like an action combat like um what is the name of it the it's like it was a long running one it's kind of like falling off now but it's 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 a big action MMO it's got like panda people um are you sure it's not guild uh, guild wars is the action combat mmo that i think of but um i'm th- i'm thinking of uh it gives like an e um elder scrolls no way no right? no no uh not fantasy star what are other mmos i can think of um this is like an older one um an older Oh, I, oh man! I had to take a call right as we got into Guild Wars Two rating. To be fair, I don't know anything. Oh, and I was so happy to bash the fuck out of it. Okay, I don't know Guild Wars Two rating. I just have only heard bad things. Right, that if you are interested in playing Guild Wars Two, the dungeons and the raids are not the fun part. That's not what you're there for. Um, oh, I tested that shit. It's not. <laughs> 
So yeah, like I this is this is not firsthand knowledge. This is just you know my understanding of the world as uh, as I have heard it. Uh, Eternal Quest, Escelia, Eden, New Dawn. I'm just looking at yeah, MMOs I, uh... on. Wait. What are we looking at? Try raiding in combat system with no real tank, no real threat system, and no real healers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of Terra. what... Uh... Terra is the game I'm thinking oh, of. Okay, Terra, okay. E, but there's an E in it, which... Um, I don't know really anything at all about Terra, so... Uh, Fair so, enough. Yeah, so it's an action combat game, and, like, the, the enemies have, like, 17 life bars. Um... And there's like, like the boss is doing. There's like, a, there's a good amount of mechanics to it, and um, but it's like a pay-to-win thing. So, um, uh, rip. Terra, Terra is, is the, the best, best game, game for, for pedoph pedophiles. Wow. Woof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I you know, it's got like a you know, it's got like a, a it's like like all like the the Asian games. There's like a a, a a lolly race, right? Like like fourteen has um, the 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 what was it the. Lala no, not Lalafell. Yeah, uh, Lalafell. That's, that's the name of them, I think. Oh, wait, it's Lalafell? Isn't it? Okay. Fuck. I was. I thought that was the four. That was the eleven version. There's a fourteen version and eleven version, and they're called different things. Yeah, Lalafell is the fourteen version. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lalafell is fourteen. Man, what is the, what is the Final Fantasy eleven version? Uh, Taru, Taru Taru is the eleven version. Yeah, that was what I was thinking uh, of. Taru Taru. <laughs> um. All right, well, yeah, and they, they, they like, uh, isn't there a character in 14 that's, like, named like that? Like, Toru Taru or something like that? It's, like, the, like, the, like, the, the, the good guy's, like, secretary. Well, yeah, because you have your, like, your party of buds in 14 that you do the main story quest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that some people are really horny for uh, one guy in the party. Like they, he's. Yeah, a, I mean that, that that could describe literally any game. Any I, you know what? Fair enough. Game. That's true. That's honestly, I bet it describes all of the guys in the party. I just, I, I vaguely remember that there was one that people would refer to as the thirst trap. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but you know, we we've we we can move on yeah. maybe to think. I think my 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 ending point with uh, my ending point with New World is um, is that. Uh, it compels me in the same way that I, you know, I, I, when, when we had classic, I talked about how classic had a magic to it, right? Which, which came out of all of these things that had been changed via quality of life updates, right? Like having this inventory space, having to run everywhere, having, you know, like money be a real thing where you have to like afford a flight path and you might choose to run instead of take the flight path. Cause you don't have just like essentially infinite gold. Right. Um, and New World has done a really commendable job in capturing those magical things in a new in a new game and in a new experience. In a new um, world, the, yeah. The new the, the real question for me is like, how much is this going to last? Right. Like, yeah, obviously, sure. I'm a little burnt on WoW at the moment. Not, you know, I'm really, I I think of this as waxing and waning, right? Um, which is like there are times when 
wow is like the shit and all i want to do is fucking you know like and i'm super into it and, and you know at the end of 9.0 weirdly that was where i was at in the beginning of 9.1 that was also very where i was at but like at this point you know i've i've timed all of my 15s we've gotten ksm um there's only one rate you know like only upgrades from kelthazad and sylvanas right so there's just really not a lot of gear out there you know um i got the torghast mount um, I just, it feels like I've done a lot of the things and until 9.2 comes out with a bunch of new content, you know, I probably relatively off of wow at the moment. And the same thing is true of Hearthstone, which I also got into, you know, weirdly at the beginning of the last kind of expansion cycle. So new world has hit at a point where, you know, it, it's kind of hit at the same point that Valheim hit me six months ago, right? Where I was also waning on WoW pretty hard, and I wasn't spending a lot of time in the game. And I wasn't, you know, we weren't pushing Mythics really hard or whatever. Um, but um, I don't know. I th And I think it will be fun to sort of, like, ride that high. But as, you know, as I'm playing more Vermintide, Hearthstone Mercenary comes out tomorrow, which is like a, you know, which is a, a Hearthstone. It's Hearthstone Pokemon, basically. Um I I could very easily see New World sort of like fall by the wayside, and we'll see in the in the next couple of uh, you know in the next couple of months where where New World lives in the overall ecosystem. That's very fair. No, I, I could see the same thing happening. It probably depends on how like how coherent the the group of people I'm playing with stays together, right? Like, yep. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean that group has been coherent in the past. Right, like when we were playing League, that was an incredibly coherent group. But we, it has also been very fickle in the past, right? Like yeah. there are times where, you know, we've played something and we've maybe gone hard on that thing for like two or three weeks, and then we just kind of, overnight, it's over. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, part of it depends, and also on like the, you know, the secondary cast, right? Like if people are like still into it, like like I played I played Destiny a lot with Monik and X at various times. Um, yeah, but sure. You know, it depends on if it sticks or not, and when people get busy with things, right? Like, you know, life, all that yeah. jazz. Um, but yeah. So otherwise, how's your week been? Boy, how has my week been? Um, you know, I I played a bunch of New World. I played a bunch of Vermintide. Which so I want to talk a little bit about the differences between Vermintide and New World that I think make Vermintide better, and why I said before that like the Vermintide combat does a lot of things that I kind of wish New World does. First of all, it is a little bit different because Vermintide is um, it is a it's what I call a damage density game in the sense of um, uh, Vermintide is like this. Basically, every horde game I've ever played is like this. Payday is is specifically like this, where it is not so much about. Um, any in individual instance of damage, right? It is about your damage over time, and it is about how densely you can pack your damage to reduce a big mass of incoming damage, if that makes sense, right? So something that'll happen in Vermintide, for instance, is you will trigger what's called a horde, where it's just a giant flood of enemies will be coming at you. And the only way to, to survive a horde is to have high damage density, where you are putting out enough damage that you can chew through the horde before it chews through you, right? And there's also other, you know, sometimes it's a single monster that kind of functions as this miniature boss fight. Sometimes it's a pack of elites that have armor and you can only damage them with heavy attacks or you can only damage them with certain kinds of attacks, right? Or it's a special that will show up and these things will overlap with one another, right? Where you're fighting a horde at the same time that a monster spawns or you are fighting a, a pack of 
you know, a big patrol of elites and one of your guys gets snagged by an abducting special unit or something like that, right? Like, and it is managing all of those different sort of interactions where you are putting out enough damage to get rid of the, the elites or to, um, you know, kill the monster fast enough that you can then focus back on the horde, all that kind of stuff. I feel like all of that works on the principle of the enemies are coming at you no matter what, and you have to kind of react to that onslaught, right? Which is different than the way that New World is structured because New World is structured where you essentially get to pick your battles, right? I have seen that the respawn timers for mobs in New Worlds is incredibly short, yeah. all things considered. So it's very common for me to be in a battle with something and something respawns behind me. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go deal with this guy, you know, that I just killed two minutes ago, but he's back now. Um, and I'm all of a sudden kind of like doing a two for one sort of engagement. Um, but the lack of this, this sort of damage density challenge, you know, metric sort of removes my feeling of, um, wanting to save resources like abilities for important moments. Right. Um, which I think is 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 a little bit problematic, right? Like something that Vermintide Two does with ammo that I think is interesting is you have very specific ammo checkpoints, right? Where in the map there is an ammo box on the ground, and that's when you can refill your ammo, and it's otherwise very limited, right? And even if you're playing a ranged class, you know, if you just dump all of your ammo at every individual mob you see, you will run out of it pretty quickly, and that's bad. And you can mitigate this, right? Like, at, I'm at an endgame point in Vermintide where I have set up a build that refunds me a lot of ammo. I, I'm refunded ammo on headshots. Um, I'm refunded ammo when I use my special in a certain way, or whatever the case may be, right? Um, but that's like a that's a power choice that I walk into, right? Where I say I would much rather have my ranged weapon up at all times than I would the other power options that having a better legendary effect or having a different you know talent in that row would kind of have. And I don't really feel that sense when it comes to new world combat. I don't have any really what I'm describing is I don't have any like big cooldowns, right? Um, you know, in the way that in in Vermintide or in WoW, I'm going to be saving. Bladestorm for specific moments, right? You know, I have my Bladestorm timing really down in the Soul Render Dormazane fight so that when adds spawn and they get grouped up, I'm going to Colossus Smash Warbreaker, you know, those the Bladestorm, those adds. And that's when I'm, you know, that the saving that cooldown feels good. I don't have any I don't have any cooldowns to save in New World. Um and more moreover than that, I don't have a lot of like resource to spill or spend when it comes to that. The only resource really it seems like is stamina, but that's entirely defensive. Um I think technically if you if you throw hatchets, you you use strength or you use stamina for each hatchet throw. But otherwise it feels like um I have none of that kind of conservation. There's there's never a need to conserve and there's never a need to sort of spend, which means that I don't feel like I have a lot of tactical options in how I am approaching a problem, right? Every problem is being approached by, well, I, I use my three abilities or I use my three ranged abilities, then it gets into melee and I swap to my melee whip and I use my three melee abilities. Um, and that's kind of the overall problem as, as I see it when it comes to sort of New World's combat by way of you know Vermintide, and I guess also a little bit of WoW, but mostly Vermintide is my is my touch point here. Yeah, no, and, and I, I think I think I agree with you, but I think a lot of that stems out of the fact that again, this is supposed to be a PvP only game, and they like they got scared, and backed off of it. Um, like, yeah, I think you can you can make the 
PVE content in New World more compelling with like smarter enemies or like I don't know, like I've seen, gotten some hairy situations where like you know I like had to deal with like a handful of them at a time, but like there's only like so much that you can go with that, right? Like, um, and, you know, there's also like weapons that like like musket is not great for PVE, um, just because like you can't shoot fast enough to like like because you're just trying to like put damage into enemies as opposed to like do anything smart with it. Um, yeah. Also, are there headshots? Yes, there are. I have okay. I have had weird experiences where I'm like, was that a is that a headshot? I don't understand. Because yeah. there's crits, but I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. I've I have been very confused with whether yeah. or not there are headshots. Uh, there definitely are for muskets. I don't know how it works for uh, bows. Uh, I yeah, think maybe not do. for. I, I think I think I've, maybe, I've used bows, hatchets. I've used magic, but I actually haven't used the musket that much. Yeah, I think I'm I haven't rolled one. I'm pretty sure the spear. Like I'm pretty sure the spear. Like the there's a tree that lets you throw the spear. I think it says like it's got a special effect on a headshot. So. Oh, interesting. I am not that. Sp I am the melee spear spec, but yeah, I am the I I did the ranged hatchet spec, which I actually like quite a lot. And I think I think maybe my ideal endgame setup might be Warhammer Hatchet. I think those are maybe the two that I've had the most fun with. I do like the spear a lot, though. Um, but I like the melee spear. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, on my end, I started reading, um, uh, what is it called? The Time for Stars, which is a Robert Heinlein novel. Um it's about, uh, like, basically humanity is exploring the stars and um, it's discovered that twins can communicate, like, not only twins, but, like, twins are, are the most common version where, like, they can communicate psychically. Um, mm -hmm. And you, they just, like, if you, like, you have to kind of, like, like people can kind of do, they, people can kind of do it, but, like, no one really realized they were doing it until they studied it. But the big thing there is that it moves faster. Than the, the psychic communication is faster than the speed of light. Um, like it's near instantaneous and so that lets them like communicate over long distances and so like the plot follows a set of twins one of which is on or it follows one twin who is on the star cruiser and is communicating back to earth with his twin um, and traveling relativistically um, I'm like a part of the way through the book but it's it's interesting um, I'm more crawling through classic sci-fi um, otherwise you don't have a lot that's like relevant to this podcast like um, I installed doorbells today <laughs> um, uh yeah i don't know i don't i also didn't do a ton of stuff i watched i watched a bunch of movies i watched the perfect have you ever seen the perfect storm no i don't know why but i just was like i need to watch this movie because i think mostly what it what it came down to was um it was like one of those dumb things where somebody like made a stupid reference to it in a uh in like a YouTube video, like oh, you know what it was? Is I watched a YouTube video essay. Okay, I watched a YouTube video essay. It was about the Matrix sequels because I'm gearing up for you know our 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 Matrix stuff, which is theoretically coming any minute now, right? Um, and I watched a whole YouTube episode about how the Matrix sequels are good, actually, which is a correct. That thing. is a viewpoint that I have, but I actually think that essay was wrong for a wide variety of reasons. Um, and one of the things they referenced was the perfect storm. And I was like, what a weird fucking reference, right? Like, who remembers this movie? It's, the, it's from the year 2000. I thought it had John Turturro in it. Does not. It has Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney in it. Okay. <laughs> you know, and spoiler alert, they all die. That was the reference that they made is that I guess they sp the, the movie was spoiled 
in some in some way or whatever. And I was just like, I gotta go like watch. It's this probably movie. spoiled because it's based um, on a real thing that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's based on uh, yeah. A, well, a well they, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, they don't. We don't know the story. I think it is based on real guys that died. Yeah, yeah. But it is one like, of those yes, things we where we do like, not know the full story because they are dead and they could not tell us. Yeah, because they are dead, they couldn't tell us, right? Um, and I don't know why. I mean, if you remember, there was a couple of weeks ago where I got really into uh, I got really into Titanic stuff, right? Like the just the nature of shipwrecks, I have found to be fundamentally incredibly interesting. Like, do you know about the uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald? Is that one of the Northwest Passage ships? It is the – no, 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 no. The Edmunds Fitzgerald is the uh, – it is it was like a big cargo ship that sank in – I want to say Lake Superior or maybe – maybe – it was one of the Great Lakes, right? Um, but, uh, but it had a really interesting – like nobody really could understand how it sank at first. Um, and then eventually they figured it out, right, that it was um, – it was just like the way it was. A, it was a huge storm, and it was the way the waves were going. Was that the? It was depressing so much that the Edmund Fitzgerald smacked the bottom of, you know, like the bottom of one of the Great Lakes. Which I was like, holy fuck! You know, like those are deep ass lakes yeah. or whatever. Um, and uh, and it ruptured the hull, and uh, yeah, and there's also there's a bunch of stuff with like the people who died in the Edmund Fitzgerald are still there and they are relatively well preserved because of the weird eccentricities of it being, they're not like frozen. Right. Um, but it is at such a temperature that they get covered in this like special waxy substance or whatever, which is like a huge thing. And like, there are divers that go and they do spooky shit or whatever, but now that's illegal. Canada made it illegal because it's on the Canada side of the thing or whatever. It's a whole, there's all this, yeah, there's all this drama, um, so I was very interested in the perfect storm, uh, just from the shipwreck drama or whatever. Um, and then I also watched in shipwreck drama. You should check out uh, Canadian shipwreck drama in particular. You should do some reading on on the adventures to try to course through the Northwest Passage, which is oh yeah. See, I know about that because the uh, the terror, right? The terror is the uh, oh, you're is... right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I have the I the funny thing I've watched. There's a history buffs episode. Do you know the YouTube channel history buffs? Uh, no, I'm not. Familiar. It's just like a guy who's a historian, but he reviews historical movies and TV shows. And he basically, you know, he, he, he does it. He, it's actually funny. He does a traditional review in, in that he describes whether or not he thinks the thing is good, but also describes the history of it. Like famously, he actually really likes 300, but he's like, it's so stylized and fantastic that it is not meant to be yeah, yeah. historical. Right. Like, um, for whereas you know there are other movies that he thinks of as just like complete garbage because they are both trying to be you know realistic but also telling very bad dumb history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he did an episode on the Terror, which is one of the the ships um, that I think was the next to last. Right, like it was the ship after the Terror that. Uh, that successfully charted the Northwest Passage. And the Terror was close to charting the Northwest Passage, but there was, like, a freak three-year, you know, cold spell that kept the Northwest Passage entirely frozen, which, in, in any other situation, they probably would have been fine, but just because of the freak weather of that, you know, that set of years. Um, 
they they uh, they all they they all died basically and there was a huge question about how they died for the longest time well because, and, because there uh, was some thought that like some of them might have managed to wander off and like find like inuit tribes or something right and there's yeah like, and they, angle, there right? is good evidence yeah there is good evidence that they did meet with inuit tribes uh but eventually they found the the remains were found and they did dna testing and they found out that at the very end they resorted to cannibalism which was this huge thing because you know oh no 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 upstanding britishmen would they would die with dignity and not consume the the hands and feet of their you know of their fellow uh sailors or whatever yeah i i think that's so if i remember correctly the resolute desk right like the the presidential desk um like mm-hmm. a, like i for a long time assumed that was just kind of like a you know this is the this is the desk the president does resolute things that it's from the hms oh, resolute right. which was one of the, i think one of the rescue missions I don't know if it was that. It was after. It was a rescue mission after some one of the Northwest Passage expeditions, and the, I think the ship was found basically abandoned, and then the Americans towed it back to like Boston, and then the American government was like, "Let's just be nice," and like they gave it back to England as like a gift, as like a show of good faith, and then when they decommissioned it, the British made it into a desk. And gave it to America. It's like another. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. 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 This is perfect. The HMS Resolute was abandoned in like the the Arctic waterway while it was searching for this expedition that I'm talking about, the John terror? Franklin. Yeah. This is the yeah, the, okay. the, the, it's the Franklin, the Franklin expedition. expedition. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. 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 And it was found and towed away by an American whaling ship, the George Henry. Um, it was repaired and returned to the United Kingdom as a, as a gesture of goodwill, and then the ship was decommissioned, broken up, and uh, the desk was a gift from Queen Victoria to Rutherford B. Hayes. Good job, Rutherford. You made it into Wikipedia. If you'd <laughs> like, if you'd like a, 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 like a, an entertaining but longer explanation, um, GM Word of the Week um, has one on the Resolute desk, weirdly. Um, or it's, it's called, like I think it's Resolute, and it, they go through the, that whole history. Because like, the Northwest Passage is a whole thing, right? Like I got into specifically the Northwest Passage history because there's, like, um, there's a song by... Um, I, 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 it's killing me that I can't remember it. Um, it's called Northwest Passage. It's like sometimes it's called the the unofficial Canadian uh, national anthem. Um, uh, um, and it's it's basically about a guy. It's uh, Stan Rogers. That's the guy's name. Um, it's about like a guy who's like driving the Northwest Passage route and like trying to find himself. But it's like filled with all this like he's like. Um, no, it's like the historical stuff, and so I did a bunch of reading on it at some point. It's a very soulful song. It's a good song. Um, Sam Rogers cool. is an interesting dude too, because he was like, like Canada's like one of Canada's like musical star like stars. Um, but like he died in like a Cincinnati airport fire, um, like young, like like thirties, I think. Um, so you know, it's uh, that that is how I got from you know uh, to to like learning about like the Northwest Passage and the HMS Resolute and all that. It's very cool. Yeah, the, the, I also learned of uh, of the Edmonds Fitzgerald through a song. The Ontario song, singer-songwriter Gordon Lightfoot wrote a song called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which I ended up listening to. I just, like, went down this incredible, weird rabbit hole, right, where I was... So what it was was I was watching real-time sinking videos, right, of, like, the Titanic sinking. I watched that, like, eight times. 
Then I started watching other ships sink in real time. Then it recommended me this song, which I then listened to, which I then went and looked up videos explaining all of this stuff about the Edmund Fitzgerald or whatever. So, yep, yeah, you no, know, I mean, yeah, Canadian, like, it, I assume this is like a soulful, so, slow, like, kind of like ballad, right? Like, like, uh, like, a I, you know, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'm asking you about this. Like, is that what the, te- the song is? Uh, yeah, it's from the seventies, you know, like the, the Edward Fitzgerald sank pretty recently. All things considered, this is not like an old sinking. This yeah, is yeah. a sinking well, from I mean, like, and, and, uh, Stan Rogers, like, you know, he's also relatively recent, right? Like he, he sang about the Northwest passage, but it's like, it's like him driving, right? Like it's, it's like a modern okay. song. Um, cause like you all, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. It the, sank in 1975. So yeah. And like, um, uh, yeah. And the song was passage came out in 1981. So, you know, like, and like, there's, I think the chemical, I think it's called, the, it's not the chemical brothers. Um, chemical worker song is by, um, right. Uh, it's, this is like weird Canadian, like working man songs. Uh, it's called great big C like they, they're all pretty great. Um, but, uh, if you want to watch a very modern version of this, um, internet historian did a whole like 40 minute video. I think it's on maybe a second channel about the Italian cruise ship that crash oh i did watch that one yes that was absolutely the 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 concordia or whatever and he goes like minute by minute as the guy fucks up (laughs) and crashes that cruise ship uh (laughs) tries to run away right like it's like yeah oh man (laughs) yes it's like he has his like mistress on board or whatever oh man that's the great that's the good shit right there yeah um so you know what else happened this week uh fucking Sora's gonna be in Smash. Do you care? I uh, I don't know. I think I would care. I wanted it to be somebody else. Who did you I want remember to be? Uh, my twit I wanted it to be Master Chief. I think that would have been the coolest one, right? Because I think of uh I think of Halo and Smash in a very similar context. Like they were out at around the same time and I was playing them in about the same context, the original Halo and uh in Super Smash Brothers, right? Like and maybe this was just like th- th- those are consoles in technically different generations, sixty four and and the original Xbox, but they just happened to be like the two games that I was playing a lot of like PvP of at the time, and then eventually Halo two and you know that kind right. of thing. And like um, me- melee is is concur- concurrent with uh, Halo. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh man, and then we got into melee super hard. So I just think of those as very as very compelling. Um, so Sora was, you know, I like Sora well enough. Nick says alone, he points guess, out maybe. that it should have been Dante, and I agree. It should have been Woohoo Pizza Boy. I, Ooh, I felt like there was a compelling argument for Dante. Okay, you yeah. know that's fair. I think there are a lot of good answers, right? No, like yeah. I think Smash could support a lot of characters. Honestly, you could kind of do, a, like really crazy out there stuff, and I think you could still convince me that uh, yeah. that it would make a good Smash character. The crazy thing about Sora, and this is like totally aside from any gameplay stuff, it's just like the licensing weirdness. Right, because like, it's like, oh yeah, you know, like there's like some joke I saw. It's like you know, um, you know, like, uh, like, uh, you know, like the, the heavy line like to fire this gun for like six seconds cost four million dollars to show the 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 keychain for five seconds cost four million dollars right like yeah i mean one of the interesting things about kingdom hearts so i i think there's like a bigger kind of cultural conversation about like the state of disney right because i don't think people people now disney is this it is the cultural juggernaut on the planet earth right it is the number one thing that dominates our planet's culture right which is a monumental thing to think about 
But 15 years ago, right, in 2003 when Kingdom Hearts is coming out, that was absolutely not the case. Disney was, like, fourth or fifth behind these other ones, right? Well, was um, it, was, do you think it was really fourth or fifth? Like, who, who was ahead of it? Well, this was this was during the Bob. It absolutely was the dominant box office stuff at that time was stuff coming out not from Disney in the '90s was like was like failing, um, but it still had a lot of cultural cachet, right? Like the the animated the animated. Um, well, so th yeah, this is exactly my point. What nobody really recognized was how incredibly powerful the Disney animation renaissance happening in the 90s, right? Like the early 90s, kind of the Little Mermaid up through the Lion King would be to influence our generation, right? Okay, like yeah, our sure. generation of yep. millennials, right? And so in 2003, we were just entering teenage. We're like barely consumers at that point, right? In, in the sense of active consumers obviously our parents are buying stuff for us and that includes disney paraphernalia right but like we are not dictating a lot of purchasing purchasing decisions right um but then kingdom hearts comes out and at the time you know 2003 was when disney kind of won won a big hit with pirates of the caribbean which was a huge hit for them made them a, a boatload of money that they they sorely needed right um, but at the time that like, like kingdom hearts, it was easy to get rights for that kind of stuff. Cause nobody cared about it. Like video games were this off this other thing. Nobody was really doing anything with that. So it's like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll license you my video game, you know, like these characters in a video game or whatever. And the first kingdom hearts does relatively well. Kingdom hearts two kind of comes out or whatever, but over the next couple of years, as we, you know, mature into actual consumers right like as millennials mature into these actual consumers that can dictate kind of like merchandising and like purchase purchasing and all that kind of stuff now all of a sudden like the disney is at the forefront and is making gobs of money off of like like jack skellington sweatshirts also that sell marvel. at hot talket and then it, and then that snowballs into marvel and that snowballs into star wars right in the late you know in the late 2000s early 2010s or whatever and now they have just been for the last 10 years just like the kings of the kings of everything right um so it is it is interesting it, it's always interesting to me to think about like where the disney that was that the the genius whoever it was that signed the first deal to license shit to square enix for kingdom hearts i i, right? I think i think they actually i think it's co because i think i think i don't think it's like a pure licensing deal right like i think disney has some creative control right um okay but i think sure. that, i mean they always do right like i think that's part of like yeah, their, yeah. their deal but like i know that um, I think his name is Nomura, the, the Japanese guy, the, the game director. Um, sure. I think he has separate control over Sora, which is why he was able to get Sora. And there, if you notice, there's like not a lot of Disney stuff in the character, which I think is part, partly a design yeah. choice by Sakurai because um, he's always wanted Smash to be a celebration of video games, not like pop culture in general. Um, and yep. Sora is definitely that. Like, But like, you know, there's no like – there's no – none of the Disney costumes with the exception of like the Steamboat Willie costume – um they're all like yeah i also just kind of don't feel like um part of my thing with sora is that um it feels like 
it feels like Sora doesn't have an iconic move set in the way that I want him to, which they have dealt with before. Obviously, like Ganondorf right. kind of didn't have an iconic move set and gained one through Smash or whatever. But it just feels like when I'm talking about something like a, like adding Master Chief, right? Like Master Chief has a real move set that you can think of. You know, you and I could sit here and be like, wouldn't it be cool if his over B was, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be sweet if his up B was this yeah. right or he pulled out you know some interesting or uh you know like like a like a cool sort of like throwback move or whatever and you can do that for a lot of different characters i feel like it's tough for me to do that with sora all things considered um yeah because especially like his move set in the direct is like some of it's like final fantasy stuff right like like this Blizzaga, thundaga faraga right um yep um and then there's like i don't know he like he's there but he doesn't it didn't feel like the aerial stuff feels just kind of like like you know that's kind of how the game plays but it's not like it's not like diegetically he's supposed to be like an aerial master that's just kind of like the way that the uh yeah that's just sort of the way that kingdom hearts plays yeah exactly i guess which i mean that's valid but it's not like you know um i don't know it's also hard like especially since there's no disney stuff right like the things that are kind of about Sora are like you know you know, having like Donald and Goofy, right? And like they're not there at all, right? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not so mad that Dante's not there. I just, I like Dante a lot. Um, I could have been Nero too, right? Like, you know, um, I just wanted a DMC character because it was hot and it was, it seemed like he was going to be one of the earlier characters and he wasn't. Um, I also thought it would have been cool to have like another fighting game character, right? Like, have like, have Scorpion, right? Like, for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been that would have been awesome if you have Scorpion for Mortal Kombat for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> Goofy and Donald are dead weight. That's what Kingdom Hearts has taught me. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually like of. I mean, I guess we got Banjo Kazooie, but something something that was maybe a little bit disappointing is that like the it felt very um, it felt very Japano-centric, which seems to be like a very Nintendo, like you know, like Nintendo not recognizing the West as much, right? Like you know, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think somebody should like I think they were like put a Gears of War character in it, just work with us, we'll do it, right? Like and you know, whoa, and and they didn't, right? Like yeah, I mean, Jeff Kaplan famously said, oh, uh, Overwatch, right? He could have any Overwatch character, right? Which to be honest, I have never liked that, just because I think Blizzard has its own version of Smash, Smash and it's Heroes of the Storm. Right. And it's like, and frankly, I think Here's the Storm is better at capturing the, like, I don't know that I could make a Smash version of Varian Rin that is more iconic than the heart, than the, the Here's the Storm version. Like, it's, I, I sort of fundamentally don't think that's possible just because, wow, the Blizzard games are built more towards this PC interface than towards, like, a, yeah. a console controller's interface, so... Overwatch needs to give up the name Zenyatta. They don't deserve it. Huh. Is that a reference to something? I, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm the, the, see, Secret True. Do you 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 have uh, deeper thoughts on that? Because I'm not quite sure. I, I know what you're talking about there. Uh, yeah, I actually don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily understand. Um, but yeah, um, that's it's an interesting thought. Um, I don't. Know. Do, do you have? Uh, uh, oh, a racehorse. There was a great female racehorse by that name. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll leave it there. I, I, I don't think I, I think it's a good place to leave it because I don't think I could. That is a good place to end it. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Um, uh, Zenyatta Mandata, uh, the police. Oh, it's th- that. That sounds familiar. 
Interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, Secret True says, owned by Jerry Moss, who connects you to the police, who had the album Zenyatta Mandata. You know, I, I, think, I think that's a good place to leave it. Like I said, um, if you'd like to email us about your thoughts about the about Zenyatta naming conventions um, or about New World or any of the other things you talked about in this podcast, you can email us at um, subdurstplaygames at gmail.com or podcast at subdurstplaygames.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv subdurstplaygames where these episodes go out live. Um, we also put them out on SoundCloud um, and eventually YouTube, although I'm sometimes a little bit slow about getting those out. Um, uh, I think that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything you want to promote? I have nothing else. Oh, I actually do have a small thing that I'm promoting. Shh, don't tell anybody. I'm going to be doing a secret. I'm going to do a secret stream tomorrow. I'm going to do a secret Aquapara stream where I'm going to play Hearthstone Mercenaries. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you want to if you want to come hang out on uh, on stream, I actually I wrote an announcement in the Aquapara game, but I wrote it like a like I was on an episode of The Sopranos. Just like, don't tell nobody, you know. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be streaming Hearthstone Mercenaries on my lunch tomorrow on the Aquapara Games account. So if you want to take a look at what Hearthstone Pokemon is like. Feel free to uh, <laughs> drop on Turn up tomorrow at 11. All right. Well, uh, with that, in that case, I'm going to say uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.